Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, as we come to you, Lord, today, may you open our eyes and open our hearts that we would see Jesus, Lord. And may you speak words of encouragement, words of power to our hearts that we would glorify and magnify you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles primarily to uh, the primary text, but I'll be using a few other different texts. It's not going to be one of these wow moments. It's Romans 1.16. And I know many of you are already saying, why do I have to open my Bible? I know that verse by heart. But I'm just going to read it again. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. A lot of times when we speak about this particular scripture, uh, we often speak of the dunamis, the power, the explosive force of the gospel. And a lot of times we relate to that, that, hey, whenever we share the gospel, that there is spiritual power behind that. And all of that is absolutely true. Recently, I made a statement in front of my church um, during a message, and it was kind of got a lot of the deer in the headlights type of response. I said, it is incumbent upon every Christian to evangelize the church. And I want to talk to you about that today. I've entitled this little devotion, Evangelize the World, the Believer, and the Church. And it all begins with the gospel. And why is it important not only, why is the gospel not only important to those who have not heard the message, but to those who have heard it, have listened to it, and the few that obey it. The gospel, the Greek word is the euangelion, right? It is the good news. And um, it's God's good news. And, and I want to make a point here. It was never intended simply to refer to the plan of salvation. God's good news is the entire revealed word of God contained from Genesis 1-1 to Revelations 22 Every single verse, every single jot and tittle is the gospel. It is the good news. Jesus stated in Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Paul states in Romans 1, 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto God for the gospel. Uh, he reiterates this in Romans 16, 25. Now to him, that is the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. And one in particular that I like, 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak. And I love Paul, not pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. In short, the gospel is the very word of God. And as the apostle Paul says, it is the power of God unto salvation. Now, I want to 
share with you that our salvation is a multifaceted salvation. What do I mean? Well, there's salvation past. God delivers us from the penalty of, of our sin. That's justification, right? God delivers us from the penalty of our sins. There's salvation present. God delivers us from the power of sin. That's our sanctification. And then there is salvation future. God delivers us from the presence of sin. What a glorious day that's going to be, right? When we're delivered from the presence of sin. That's our glorification. We're no longer. And I'm going to share with you that the gospel is like our multifaceted salvation, right? It is not just a one and done. There's a tendency in the church, we hear sometimes people say, oh, you know, well, I received the gospel, you know, when I was this. No, we are receiving the gospel perpetually, right? You see, the gospel is indeed the good news, and the good news does justify, but the good news also sanctifies, and that God will glorify through the good news all who have come to repentance and faith in Christ Jesus. And so I want to speak to you today about declaring the glorious gospel. Um, Dr. Ian did such a great job last week when he he shared about the glorious gospel, and that the gospel is not merely just the plan of redemption, but the gospel is the whole counsel of God. And I'm going to submit to you that the gospel is in and of itself sufficient for every aspect and every facet of our life. It is sufficient, right? To evangelize the world also includes to evangelize the church. Believers in Christ, uh, build, we build them up in the gospel. We build them up in the good news of the gospel. Believers need the gospel. The good news of the gospel is discipling others. The good news of the gospel is ministering to others, encouraging others, building others up in the truthfulness and the reliability of God's word. And when we do that, we are building them up in the most holy faith. It is the gospel that is responsible for the advancement of the kingdom of God on earth. We do not have any inherent wisdom in and of ourselves to persuade men. It is the word of God. It is the gospel that does that. And it is the gospel whereby we as believers grow in Christ until that great day. Charles Spurgeon said this, I love this little quote, let this be in you the mark of true gospel preaching, where Christ is everything, the creature is nothing, where salvation is all of grace, through the work of the Holy Spirit, applying to the soul the, the precious blood of Jesus. Paul looked at it this way in 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. Notice what he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Notice there that the word of God, the holy scripture, is 
profitable across everything. It's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And it yields something. What does it yield? That the man or the woman of God would be perfect and we would be thoroughly furnished. That word is to be fully equipped for every good works, right? The Apostle Paul said this to the church at Philippi in Philippians 2.16, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither have I labored in vain. When you look at the missionary journeys of Paul, you see him going to new areas to proclaim the gospel for the first time, but you see him going back over and over again to the places he visited, reiterating the gospel and using the gospel to build up the churches in the most holy faith. Paul's point is that his investment into the Philippian church, spiritual maturity, and into their spiritual lives will prove profitable for them and profitable for the kingdom of God. And it is the gospel, the multifaceted gospel, that enables us to do this. Ask yourself a question, very simple question. Did Jesus bring the good news, the gospel, to the disciples one time? He just tell them, hey, come and be saved. Oh, you guys got it. Now let's move on to other things. No. What did Jesus do in three years of ministry? He spent his time expounding, telling, reiterating, driving them deeper and deeper into his word and into the faith. Did Paul simply go from church to church telling them to share the good news of the gospel once? No, he did not. Over and over, Paul encourages churches and believers. What does he encourage them? Stand firm in the good news. Stand firm in the good news. And we see in Paul's letters this constant reminder to stand firm in the faith. And he continues to build them up in the truth of God's word, literally until his dying breath. In Acts 20, verses 27 and 28, the Apostle Paul says this, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all, all of the counsel of God. Take heed therefore yourselves, and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased in his own blood. When we deviate from the gospel, when we omit portions of the gospel, because either they are difficult or perhaps they are offensive, we weaken the gospel. As a matter of fact, we can actually distort and pervert the gospel that it is not a gospel of all of Christ. As believers, it is our responsibility to know the gospel, to know it, to know it. You know, a lot of, you look at the world of, uh, of evangelism today, and a lot, there's a lot of um, 
methodology being given to apologetics. You know, I use presuppositional apologetics, all right? Listen, proclaim the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Proclaim the word of God. It is the word of God that pierces the heart. It is that two-edged sword that divides between the, the, the joint and the marrow. So it is our responsibility to know the gospel. It is our responsibility to be sharing the gospel with the lost and with the church, with your children and your grandchildren. We are to share it with the discouraged, encouraging them through the word of God. We are able to share it with the broken, healing them with the word of God. And we are to share it with the backslider, calling them to repentance through the authority of the word of God, the gospel. We are to share it with the widow, encouraging their hearts with the truths of God contained in the gospel. We are to share it with the weak, helping them gain strength and wisdom in Christ. We are to share it with the strong, encouraging them and admonishing them from the gospel against self-sufficiency and pride. We are to share it with pastors, teachers, evangelists, missionaries, encouraging them to go deeper in the gospel and the word of God. We are to share it with ourselves, alone in contemplation and meditation of the word of God, allowing the word of God, the gospel, to saturate our souls. We are to share it in the church to defend against false doctrine that the church would retain the purity of the gospel. We are, as believers in Christ, to share the evangel, the whole counsel of God, the gospel. We are to evangelize the world, which includes saint and sinner alike. We are to give it to the Christless, and we are to give it to the Christ-like. For in so doing, we proclaim to all people everywhere, the kingdom of God is in our midst. And so we are to evangelize the world, including the church. May God bless his word.